So, Tim, how do you feel about your performance on on Barely on Topic this season and in the regular season and in the in the playoffs? I mean, I think I did all right. Uh, I tried to provide some entertainment for the listeners. Um, I tried to uh, brighten your day with puns and nonsense about stuff that wasn't hockey. And uh, I tried to be there as much as I could. And if I interacted with you on Twitter or otherwise, tried to make sure that, you know, it was, it was all fun and give as much insight as I possibly could. So, so Tim, what are you, what are you going to work on for, for next season? Uh, I just, I guess what I'm going to work on is, uh, understanding the game a little bit more and understanding st- the stats uh, beyond just like more of the fancy stats of it all. Because in terms of other sports, I understand them a lot better than I do hockey. So kind of going to the offseason, brush up on some things, study up some things, and come back with a uh, whole new understanding for it. So, uh, VA, um, uh... How are you feeling about how you, uh, you, you how you performed as a as a host through the season and into the postseason? Um, what do you do? You reckon you could, uh, you know, maybe work on to improve to add to to, to, to um, improve your product for the fans and um, uh, your role here? <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> there are a lot of things that I bring to the table, and I'm pretty happy with my my hosting game for the most part. Um, but there are ways that I can improve bringing information to the podcast. You know, um, I need to work on the, the fancy stats and the advanced stats myself. It's not that I don't understand them. It's just that I'm lazy and I need to work on that. I need to be a better host. I could email you guys a little bit more, um, timely fashion so that you know what we're going to talk about. There were a couple of times where I kind of drop the puck on that one and um you know there uh there were times where um you know i i'm gonna work on trying to not be so sentimental about players and stuff because i think that that kind of holds back my game a little bit um i at first i thought it was like nice having that human touch but i'm not sure that people really like that um, and uh, I'm definitely going to uh, make some sacrifices to the hockey gods so that we can make sure that Brandon Carlo makes the playoffs next year. It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. Yes, we have another episode in us. Yes, I said we were going to wait a couple of weeks and take a couple of weeks off. I lied. Lying is fun. Kids don't lie. It's not a good thing. Anyway, I figured some information came out, and for some reason, I thought this would happen two weeks ago, or two weeks from now, and I thought, you know what, let's get the gang back together for one more show before we go into a kind of tiny hiatus. So I'm back here with uh, Tim and Jeff. Yo. Hello there. All right. Said it opposite, but that's cool. 
<laughs> We're gonna talk. I was muted because of burping reasons. So. <laughs> I appreciate not unleashing that into the world. <laughs> Although I maybe we should have a burping contest some point. No? Okay, no burping contests. I'm going to write that down. No burping contest. Anyway, Bruins breakup day was yesterday, and then there was like a whole day of press conferences today, and all sorts of stuff has come out, and I figured... Oh, yes, by the way, we're recording on Thursday, May 10th, which is the day before Brad Marchand's birthday. Yay! Yay, Brad! Yeah, so... um. Why don't we talk about a few things that happened during breakup day? Uh, should we talk about injuries first or some uh, quotes from some people? And I, I uh, love reading Let's, let's go over the injuries first, I think. Just knock that one out first. Yeah. Okay. I have a list and, and you guys have a couple that I don't know about from what I can gather. Let's talk about Zidane Chara. Yikes. Yeah. So his fingers split like a piece of firewood. Well, I mean, the finger itself isn't, but the bone inside is. Well, yes, right. But He has a broken right index finger, which should be healed by being in a splint. But end for, six we- for six weeks, so that's quite a long time, yeah. It is. Magic. It's going to work, I think. They're, I don't think that they're advising surgery on it, but a splint for six weeks, I guess that's a drag. That just means he's going to have to train in other ways. And we know that Zinano Chara has myriad ways to train. Keep himself super fit. Yes. However, he's also nursing a shoulder injury that he sustained. Um, I don't know if this is the one that happened just before the uh, postseason or not. Um, March 13th, according to uh, Fluto. Okay, yep. So about a month. That uh, was the one where he, he bailed on it. He, he toe picked and fell into the boards. It was that I have our awkward, awkward hit <laughs> or awkward crash, right? And Brad Marchand still got blamed for it. <laughs> because of course he did. <laughs> did you say because of corpse he did? Because that would be hilarious. Not really fitting, but hilarious. <laughs> well, no, I didn't, but. But like so, so Chara played that way, played with that broke with, with the busted finger and the and the shoulder, apparently to the point where he could only hold the stick with three fingers. Ugh. And yet he completely, you know, demolished Matthews and uh, Stamkos. That's because he's a machine. Yeah, Chara bought five thousand. Uh, no, no, he has a personality, so he's not a bot. But he is a machine. Poor Frankenstein's monster. He's a golem. He's incredible. And I'm glad that he's back next year. Um, I am too. Uh, so, I, you know, it's going to it's gonna suck for him. He's going to have to... It, probably, they're, they're hoping it's not going to be a surgery. But they might have to do a surgery. I hope it doesn't affect his Instagram posting. Oh, oh I can't imagine it would. No, I think he, you know what, he'll probably have some amazing posts or few on injury and what it means to your body and how it can make you um, your, change your perspective on things and improve your life. That sounds, sounds about right. right. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, let's move on to uh, Jake DeBrusque. 
shoulder. Yes, he has a sprained AC joint, which every time I read that, I think of CV joint in cars. Don't get me. I, 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 don't I mean, know they're not like completely different. But... They're, they're not. They're not. They, <laughs> um, if you if you do something bad to your AC joint, it makes it hard to move anything in your shoulder. And if you uh, if you wreck your CV joint in your car, you can't steer or drive anymore. So there you go. Yeah. So um, no surgery on that, but it hurts. Yeah. Um, Pluto thinks that probably happened on that mega shift he had in, in uh, game one. Was that the one where, one where he got hurt? Where he, where, where he went down and had trouble finding his stick and stuff? Yep. Yep. I oh yeah, definitely because he he never looked the same after that. He always looked yep. like he was kind of in some kind of pain and trying not to let on that he was. Well, let's see. He was still you know getting right getting right in the thick of, in the in the thick of things and mixing stuff up like normal. It just wasn't actually accomplishing anything. Mm. Probably didn't help that he had to drag Krejci and Nash up the ice either. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with David Krejci, but that's later. All right, Bergy. Nagging groin injury. He hopes it won't need surgery. Uh, last year he had the sports hernia surgery, right? Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he's going to rest right now. And then he's hoping he doesn't need surgery. And uh, I kind of hope he doesn't, but from... I'm going to guess he's going to need surgery. And I hope they figure this out sooner rather than later, because um, if they find it out too late, then it's going to be into November before we see him again. And I don't want to think about that. So, yeah. Uh, And uh, we found out that the game four that he was out in in Toronto was not because of the clap. It was for concussion-like symptoms. Yes. Which is what I suggested that it might be. Right, right. Kudos for the just because of his history. Kudos to the team and Bergy for taking no prisoners on their policy there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, if if you don't feel right, it's better to just wait out a game. They were fine without him, but I'm glad he came back because and he didn't have a concussion. Same here. Speaking of concussions, Riley Nash. He had a concussion from that puck to the head. So all that, I mean, and all that time they said he wasn't playing because of swelling. So he could wear his helmet. I mean, technically that's not wrong. That's not a lie per se. Nope. Nope. It's also very much a lie, at least in the framing they used. Um, Correct. (laughs) But you know what? It didn't take a genius to figure out like, Hey, you get a puck flying at your head that, that fast. And it required a million zillion stitches. Okay, forty. And or took something. your head and and took your and, and took you like a week for the swelling to go down. Yeah, you're concussed. Yeah. I also read that he was dealing with a hip issue as well. Oh gosh, poor yes, Riley. I believe I saw that. I saw that too. Fluto said that uh, he was dealing with a hip injury and that he hopes to avoid surgery. Ugh, I feel like that's a David Krejci issue, and also, I wonder if that's going to be a, a problem coming uh, pending his UFA status it can it can cost him term in a million it, it can cost him quite a bit actually yeah. yeah so if i were him i'd almost get the surgery if i you know if there was a chance that he needed it because it's probably 
it would probably be better. But anyway, okay, I didn't know about that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, it would probably be better. I know, I don't know the extent of the injury, obviously, but um, another Boston sports figure had a hip injury, and um, he ended up getting traded before he came back from said injury, and that was Isaiah Thomas. And he wanted to just, instead of having surgery, he wanted to rehab and rest in all off season, and he missed. He didn't play his first game for Cleveland until February. Then finally, I think it was just in the beginning of April, he was like, nope, I'm going to have the surgery. So a lot of those times if surgery is being considered, um, it's better just to have it and get it over with. Yeah, because the healing time is going to be much less than with the rest and being able to train. So it's you'd much rather get the surgery and then do the rehab. You'd be back in fighting shape soon enough. Playing shape, I should say. He's not a fighter. Okay, so I'm going to go with uh, Tori Krug. Uh, the, the, the second pairing uh, on defense for much of the year, Tori Krug and Brandon Carlo. Yeah, they both had uh, fractured ankles, fibulas, whatever you want to call them. Uh, Tori Krug is being described as an ankle. Brandon Carlo described his as a fractured fibula. Tori Krug's not getting surgery, so that's great. Yeah, that's uh, fantastic and a little shocking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, Carlo uh, says he'll be walking next week, starting next week, and he can't wait to get back on the ice. And he has plates and screws. He did have surgery. Welcome to the club, Brandon. I know what it feels like. I will get into what he said later. No, you know what? I'm going to say what he said. I did. I wrote this down. Poor guy. Someone asked him what it was like not being in the playoffs for the second straight year. So sad. He said, to be honest, I wouldn't say I was over it at any point. I wanted to be on the ice so bad that I could barely stand it. Oh. And he, he was so soft-spoken when he was saying it. I, I, I could tell, like, there was, like, some emotion there, and he just didn't, you know, I don't think he's a big, loud guy anyway, but, you know, poor guy. Poor Brandon. One of the other kids, I remember there were some quotes from them when they were out for a while. And, like, about how lonely it was practicing alone. Yeah. Was that McAvoy? I think it was I think it was McAvoy, yeah. Yeah, because he really was. I mean, like, they'd gone through some injuries. People were coming back, and then he went through his procedure. Yeah. And then there were more injuries. Then he had an injury. <laughs> God, this, this season. <laughs> I'm surprised that there were healthy bodies that were actually able to be on the ice at any point. Yep. <laughs> They literally deserve zero injuries next season. Like, none whatsoever. Poor guys. You know, Marshy apparently had a groin injury sustained somewhere over the last six games of playoffs. Which explains why he he was not playing well those last few games. No, no. And he seemed a little slower, too. He seemed to not have that, like, hop that he generally has. I'm not saying he's the fastest guy, but he has he's kind of like deceptive with his speed and that wasn't there. Yeah, he's he's fast enough. I mean, any guy who has a has a bunch of short-handed goals on his resume uh is a fast enough guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he gets breakaways even if he doesn't have the the goal. He he gets a fair amount of breakaways. So, it's like in those situations he gets the puck, he knows what to do. Poor guy. Uh, I, you know, I just thought like maybe he had just been beaten up a little bit too on the ice because he was getting some hits, man. No fun. I wonder too. 
I wonder if he did it on that play where he, they gave up the shorthanded goal. Because he said the last six or seven games, and he fell awkwardly on that. Maybe. Maybe. I know he said he was trying to draw a penalty there, but, I mean, maybe he would, you don't want to tell everyone you're injured, obviously. No, because they're going to just aim right for it. Yep. So I wonder if that's where he actually hurt uh, the groin there. Maybe. Maybe. Right now they're thinking, well, they think it's no surgery. It's just, it's maybe just a strain and he just has to rest it or something. You said that Nolachari had an injury. Yeah, um, he requires surgery for a sports hernia. And from what I understand, I can't find the source for the, for the, for the, what I'm about to say, but I saw something that said it was uh, he played with it for most of the season. Oh, poor Noli. But the only thing I can find that even mentions it specifically is uh, is uh, Fluto, and it only mentions that it was a hernia, nothing more. Mm. Mm, poor guy. Yeah, that's that's tough to play through. And play a game with as much... Play as much game with as much crash and bang as uh, Achari too. Mm. With it, Oof. Oh, yeah. Here it is. Um, Mike Loftus from the Patriot Ledger of Quincy, Mass. Mm-hmm. He said that Achari has been playing with it since mid-November. Ugh. When he came back, when he came back from the finger injury. So yeah. Remember he had yeah, surgery. Yeah. Check out. Oh Oof. man, that is rough. And then. And he did, never was added to the pile of injuries at that point. I, I feel bad about this, but it gives me great amusement to think about just Bruins players being thrown on a pile. <laughs> just like, oh, this guy's injured. He'll <laughs> get some rest up there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm very immature. Any other injuries that you guys know of that I didn't have written down? Um, we didn't say, of course, David Backus has a concussion. Um, yeah. Yeah. I read a very awful in uh, article on Nesson last night uh, stating that he had a concussion. And it was actually, it, it would have been entertaining in the respect that it was talking about how many times he's been to the hospital this year for the various things and how many, he has like a collection of the name tag bracelets <laughs> but they got so much information in the article wrong it took me out of the article and i was like you guys suck um they said something about how diverticulitis was a stomach illness I'm like no it is an inflammation of the colon and then they said something about how he oh not all of his hospital trips were bad uh his second son was born like he has one son and the first child was a daughter, unless they know something we don't know. Yeah. So I was like, you guys suck. You're, you're supposed to do this for a living. They're partially employed by the team, no less. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah, this guy was bad. He just had no fact checking done whatsoever. So it was just dumb. But anyway, yes, David Backus has a concussion. This is not a surprise. It took a while for him to to be able to help uh, be helped off the ice. Um, and if you read JT Miller's uh, um, kind of account of it, he said he was really frightened that Bacchus wasn't moving his legs for a while. And I'm like, I didn't even think about that. I just remembered going, Oh God, that's such a bad hit. You know, and I'm not saying that Miller did anything on purpose or anything. I'm not, that's not even part of this. It's just that man, David, 
I hope that you don't get another concussion ever again because you've had plenty on the Bruins and I don't know about your tenure with the Blues. So, ugh. Yeah. At this point, I, I hope he's able to come back. I mean, it's it sucks to say that, but I mean, Bruins fans know all too well how bad uh, concussions can uh, hurt a player's uh, career. So... And the worst part about it is that I, you know, I saw a comment from Sweeney saying that he hopes that Backus can be a 20, 30, 50 guy again. And I'm like, I don't know if that's even I possible. Don't, I, I think you're hoping for a 20, 20, 40. Yeah. Is your optimistic end, I think. Yeah. That, that wouldn't be terrible, but it wouldn't be great with that salary. But anyway, uh, anything else? I think Rask is the only one left. Okay, Tuca, yep. So apparently he's been playing with a bursa sack on his left foot. Well, we all have bursa sacks. It's an inflamed one, an enlarged one. Okay, well, blame Fluto for my wording. Okay. He's going to have it drained, yes. Well, you uh, know how they, you know, it's like a football, like a Bill Belichick will say that somebody has a knee. <laughs> 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 you know, it, it's kind of like that. Um, no, uh, okay, ready? I, we all have bursa sacs in our very movable joints, right? In our wrist, in our shoulders, in our elbows. Remember last year it was like Pasta and David Backus both had the elbow bursitis thing? Yep. Right? So we have the, they're, they're sacs filled with synovial fluid, right? Uh, which kind of uh, lubricate the joints. But what happens is sometimes these flat, these sacs get enlarged, kind of inflamed, and you have to kind of, um, if it's in your wrist, you want to know how they, they used to take care of it in the wrist, and they probably still do. They used to put down the person's wrist on a hard surface and then take a book, and a big heavy book, and slam it down to actually burst the sack. That seems painful. I, I have had friends who've had wrist bursitis issues, um, and it takes care of the thing right away. However, when it's in, in, in elbows and shoulders and, and ankles and knees, they usually just go in and either drain the sack or remove it. So there you go. I mean, Peyton Manning had um, some bursa sack problems with one of his knees. So they can just kind of go in and with a scope and just take care of it. it it's painful. Let's just put it that way. And uh, I can understand why they wouldn't have gone in and done even a minor procedure because, uh, one, the media would have flipped the fuck out, and two, you needed Tuca, especially after he started playing better. You weren't going to take him off the ice. True yeah. that. So, aren't you glad that I know so much about medical stuff? Sometimes. That book thing seems painful. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm not really gross and detached from it. Is that what you mean? More that, yes. <laughs> I am fascinated by that stuff, and I swear to God, if I would have had the right upbringing, I would have been a um, medical pathologist, a coroner. Because <laughs> I can deal with the dead stuff. I can't deal with the life stuff. <laughs> Does that make you nervous, guy from Scrubs? <laughs> no, Ricky <make a> Dog! <laughs> You don't misdiagnose somebody. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I know, I know 
I know of bursitis, not from personal experience myself, but from other people um, and other sports injuries. So poor Tuca. But you know what? I also wanted to say something else about Tuca. And if you happen to read that excellent Ty Anderson article yesterday about Tuca, the injury that I wrote down for, for Tuca, which is not an injury, is Tuca, give zero fucks about what you think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, that's it. Like, 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 think about Tuca's entire season, like season and playoffs. This guy has had an adventure this year. Yeah, yeah. Like, 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 an almost astonishingly bad start. Yep. One of his worst A couple ones. scratches, not really that many, all things considered. Was what, four scratches? Or was it three or four scratches in a row? And then goes on this killer, ridiculous run that even with some waivers here and there, basically lasted for the remainder of the regular season. Yep. And um, then, meanwhile, with a fan base that, that at least the, the vocal minority of it has nothing but utter contempt for you for reasons that don't make any fucking sense. And and Tuka says that he understands that he he's a fan and he can be like that too, but he cannot pay attention to what you're saying and he does not care. Yeah, but like so, and then you go into the playoffs. Yeah, you, you 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 just had this crazy crazy run after this catastrophic start. You have you have a significant you have certain prominent members of the local media that are openly hostile to your to, to the very existence of you. In addition to a vocal minority of the fans. <coughs> yep, Hags. <coughs> Felger. <coughs> um, so you come into the playoffs. You have a bit of a rough start, probably because that's about when this burst, when this bursitis was developing. This would be my guess. Yeah. But you get it together. You steal a couple games. You steal a game here and there, or you, and, you, and you hold in just just enough in, in Game 7 to advance. Yep. Turn around, you come into a new series, new sets of pads, you're in the zone Game 1. You play pretty darn well the entire way through in a five-game defeat. Meanwhile, people do refuse to stop criticizing you. You're shelled, 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 shelled. You make crazy, crazy saves. And you get to the end, and people are, you know, again, like, oh, two garage losses the series. Like, how fucking cool a cucumber do you have to be to at the end just like, I don't give a fuck what they say. Tuka Rask, you got some fucking stones on you. You're my boy. Like, after all that, don't just go off. Just say you don't care what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking right, man. Fucking goddamn right. He basically, I don't know if he said this word for word. Um, I'll paraphrase. You can say what you want. It's not going to affect my job. That is... Yeah. It's a long-form way of, way of the bye, Felicia, I mean. <laughs> you know what? That's great. I think as a as a professional athlete, you need to tune it all out. That's what you need to do. You, can, you don't have time to be paying attention to that stuff. And if you do have time to pay attention to that stuff, then you aren't doing things correctly. You need to fucking train some more. You need to get a hobby. I recommend crochet. It's very relaxing. Or, you know, I don't know, train some more. You're an athlete. God, take a nap. Don't read the paper. Not about you. Ah. So anyway, yes, I I read that and I I thanked Ty for that. I hope he doesn't think that I'm being sarcastic when I I said that because I I think every once in a while you have to thank the people who um, deliver these things because he gets a lot of shit for a lot of stupid shit. Yeah, he does. You know, 
I'd, I'd like to also point out Tuka Rask at $7 million a year is not being overpaid. So fuck everyone that thinks that. Imagine having to pay Carey Price $10.5 million for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it starts next season, right? <laughs> Until the heat death of the universe. <laughs> and the thing is about Tuka, yeah, the team lost in five that last series. But when you think about all of the injuries that you had, you, you had people who were being fucking duct taped and put back on the ice. If they if they didn't have a head injury, they went back out and played at some point, right? I'm sure that they would have just been like, you know, Tori, do you need that leg? Do you need that to skate? You know, yeah. <laughs> like as as much of a disaster the the, the the crude Miller pairing was for a lot of the playoffs, and let's face it, it got it got devoured by second lines again and again, right? Still losing crew, I was like, but you, know, I was always that was game over. So yeah, you, you can bet they considered it's like so so. Can we can we uh can we just like inject Bondo into your leg and call it a day, Tori? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not. I, I swear, they were trying to find a way to put it all together. Put the people back on the ice, and you can only do so much. So, you know, why don't we talk about something else? Uh, there was media availability that happened. And there's somebody that we like to talk about who had a lot to say about his actions. About something that I think has been way overblown because the NHL does not like anything interesting and I'm not condoning his actions necessarily, but I'm hoping it's not going to affect too many things in the future. Brad Marchand apparently had someone talk to him, whether it was Bruce Cassidy or Don Sweeney or Cam Neely, or maybe it was his good pal Patrice. Somebody said something to him and he had some comments about what he needs to do. I'm going to read them out for you. Ready? I think the biggest thing for me now is really take a pretty hard look in the mirror and realize the actions. Some of the things that I'm doing have much bigger consequences than I may ever think or really believe would come out of it. I've always been a pretty easygoing guy and there's not a whole lot that phases me at all. So, you know, I think it's kind of got to the point where the last thing I want to do is to bring the embarrassment on my teammates and organization that I did. I have to be better. I know I've said that in the past, but I I think that's got to be the thing I really work on the most. I think I've kind of gotten my game in a pretty decent spot, but I've got some character things and things I've done that clearly need some fixing. You know, that's going to be the biggest thing I take away from what's happened. So there are people who are doubting his sincerity here. I've seen the video. I transcribed the video. He looks to me like he's just like, you know what? People have talked to me. It's like he he had like an intervention. He's just like, yeah, I got to change things because I'm a really good player. Maybe I don't need to do this stuff anymore. And interestingly, there's also he makes the the point in there. Yeah, he he loses that he might well you know start producing less by doing this, but he should do it anyway. Yeah. Which holy shit! Like that's a, I mean that's both a very that's that's a very two sided thing to say actually. To be perfectly frank. Um, 
I think he's kind like, of on like the a, one hand, it's a remarkably arrogant thing saying it's like, well, the only reason because it sort of sounds like the only reason I'm this good a player is that I play this way, which I think's wrong. I think's quite wrong there. It's a little, it's being a little anti-apologetic, but at the same time, he's also conceding that's like, okay, I believe this is going to affect my negatively affect my my scoring, but so be it. So it's both self-serving and and practical and and reasonably noble while being still kind of assy. <laughs> I think yeah. he, I think he's genuinely saying like, look, I've done some things and it affected us. It embarrassed my teammates and embarrassed the organization. We didn't get calls go our way. And if and I got to tell you, if the refs are that petty that they've decided not to call things that they should just because Brad licked a fucking other player, then that's shitty. That's that that's you don't want refs like that in there. Yeah, well, that, that completely defeats the fucking purpose of referees. Right, that's on them, not him. But at the same time, the refs are human as well. Yeah, but the refs are essentially like judges here. You know what I mean? It's true. You can't have people doing that. It's supposed to be fair. And look, I'm not saying that uh, what he did was great. I, th- I thought it was funny. But if Brad Marchand did that to me on the ice, I'd probably be fucking pissed off too. Well, and, you know, there's the thing on that. It's like, you know, Callahan could have just, you know, fucking fought. It could have fucking beat the shit out of him. Yep, he could have. It, you know, Callahan and Ken Komarov made their fucking, made their choice. Because, you know, the code's, because the code's a lie. The guy's pissing you off. Fight him. Because, like, do it. Just, just man the fuck up. Like, seriously, actually, like, Callahan and Komarov are more embarrassing here or should be from the league's perspective, at least in terms of what it wants to market itself as. Yeah. Um, you know, Brad, I think, was probably very realistically trying to get in their heads and he was trying to draw penalties. And I would commend him on not spearing guys and not taking elbows to the head and or giving elbows to the head or whatever. So he was trying to do it a different way. And, you know, quite frankly, I know that there were complaints and whatever. And Tampa is a no fun team anyway, so they can go fuck themselves. But... You know, I think it's sad that it's just kind of like, you know, they're just, they're basically saying, Brad, you have to be just as personality-less as everybody else in this league. You had your fun as the heel this year, but no more. Embracing the heel is kind of a problem because, I mean, it kind of affected his teammates and the fact that things he didn't, they didn't get calls they should have and things like that. And I'm willing to bet the league is putting pressure on the team, like, by way of, like, of, of, of like, Cam. Like so, yeah. I think that's it. Is he? Uh, yeah, he. Uh, he made. It comes down to he made the wrong choice having a fucking personality. Oh yeah, for sure. Because that's only allowed if you're. It's not allowed. Brent Burn, really, only allowed if you're Brent Burns. Oh, I got because, a big personality. I grew a big beard, and I look like I haven't bathed in about five years. Ooh, he's I've also a quirky dude. He is a quirky dude in general. It isn't just the, the appearance thing, but yeah, okay, I get your point. He's not really that interesting, but by NHL standards. I will um, never, ever, ever get the image, the lasting image of him and Joe Thornton taking some kind of pretend face-off and they're both naked, and I did not want to see that ever. Thank you. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Look, I like it when hockey players have their clothes on. <laughs> like that was like the whole reason why they did the issue is so they could do it together. Otherwise, they weren't going to do it. 
the big thing with Brent Burns for me is that his beard clearly must clear unambiguously smell like wet dog and probably uh, quite a bit of range. Oh God! Like at I... least Joe Thornton's beard does definitely doesn't smell it's fluffy, right? It's well maintained. It's well maintained despite being you know out of control at the same time. <laughs> oh God! This yep. is taking a turn that I don't want to go. <laughs> Brent Burns's Brent Burns's beard reminds me of. Uh, that episode of Family Guy, where Peter Griffin decides to grow a beard and a bird starts living in it. Oh, That's but, but... pretty much what it reminds me of. Oh, God. Okay. Um, I'm glad I didn't eat dinner before this. Okay. <laughs> yes, I can talk about burst, bursting bursts to hex all day long, but this is gross. <laughs> There's my threshold. <laughs> anyway, I... Look, I hope it really doesn't affect Brad's play. I hope that, you know, he decides to work on it and maybe he talks to the sports psychologist again and they try to figure out a way to do that thing. But, you know, it does remind me of the fact that I worked in nonprofits for years working with people who had behavioral issues. And the thing is, I remember... I remember sitting with the psychologist talking about, well, this, you know, this is coming up as an issue and this other thing, we noticed this too and about this person or, uh, you know, some of these behaviors are decreased, but these other ones are, are popping up and it's like, okay, that's fine. You have to decide which behaviors you cannot live with or that person can't live with. And we'll try to work on phasing those out. But remember, another one's going to crop up. So what I'm trying to say is this. I think that Brad was trying to get rid of some of his other behaviors by doing this other thing. Now they're telling him he can't do those other things. Do not be surprised if something else pops up next year for him. I, I'm just saying that I, not, I, I do not for one moment doubt his sincerity, but I just feel like humans as, as we are, you know, top of the food chain in the animal kingdom, we have behavioral issues, and they pop out when you don't want them to. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I had to inject that, that dose of reality. I, I, I have that experience. I know that. Anyway, let's move on to something else that was said by uh, Bruce Ca Cassidy. And then uh, we'll talk about Don Sweeney because he's got some things to say. So Bruce thinks that the work isn't done, which obviously it isn't. Now, I think the fact that they got into the second round this year was a success by some standard, but it was not exactly the ultimate goal. But in a way, you kind of I, I kind of look at them as, as overperforming because they had so many younger players this year. But Bruce said this, it's not automatic that you get back there. We have to put in the work this summer to prepare to be a playoff team next year. Once we get there, the idea is to go further and learn from this year. So basically, it's Eastern Conference final or bust, at the very least. But I, I view that in a bigger way, in a broader sense, is a very, very, the most practical postseason interview I've seen about, from a coach. You know, Claude would grumble more, mm -hmm. wouldn't talk about looking ahead and so forth. Whereas, like, like, the next thing he goes on to talk about is even more interesting. Like how he's thinking about going to it. He's thinking like, maybe I need to switch how I run my defense. Maybe go more to a man-on-man -man play faster. Not skate faster, play faster rather than the layers. It's like, holy crap. Like, like, like Bruce is really like 
thinking this shit through and fairly quickly. Like, how can you, he already have that kind of detail on, on one of the, on one of the things he wants to look at. That's, that's something else. <laughs> I, he's got to, he's got to look at so much film and tape throughout the course of a season. Like I know coaches obviously do in general, but like to already know that specifically, he's got to like watch tape every day. We watch like television shows like he watches tape. And also remember, even though he wasn't in the NHL for a long time, he was down in the AHL for a long time. They did make the Calder Cup playoffs and, well, came close to winning at least once. So he knows that you have to make adjustments. It's always about adjustments. It's always about how you can learn from the situation. And he's just applying that to the NHL. He's only been on the job in the NHL, uh, back at this gig anyway, for... Let's see, it's been two seasons that he's been up, but he took over halfway through, or a little over halfway through the last season? Yeah, like a week into February. Yeah. Yeah, because it was like the day of the, uh, it was like right around the day of the Patriots, like, parade. Yep, so he knows that, one, the work's not done. Two, he's got a lot of young guys who who basically got a lot of experience this year throughout the 82 games, and then plus... Maybe he's like, well, maybe sticking with Denton Heinen wasn't the best idea. That He's just saying, it's not a given. We have to work harder than we did this year to get back there. The kids know some stuff, so that's great, you know. And, and I think he obviously knows that the window is closing on some other players. So you gotta get them back there. Yeah, and one thing I really like about that, about his his mentality with this is the team. I, I feel like as long as he's coached, the team will never kind of feel complacent. They're always going to continue to try to evolve and get better no matter kind of what they do. So that's what it really seems like with him. Like you, there's a lot of coaches that you kind of don't get that vibe from, but just hearing him speak and hearing him talk, I can, I, I foresee this team always trying to get better and never being content with what they've already done. Well, think about the motivational scratches that he did. Jeff has proclaimed him the the king of the motivational scratch. You've got Jake DeBrusque, who was scratched early in the season, I think it was, you know, when his play had taken a downturn. And uh, that had happened to him before. And, you know, he was like, man, nothing sucks more than being up on the ninth floor and having to watch it instead of being down on the ice. You've got Brandon Carlo, who... God love him. He just got hurt just before the playoffs started. And he's just like, I can't wait to get back on the ice. It's like you, you've, the motivation is there. You've just got to make sure that you tweak it a little bit more. You make the, and you keep the kids hungry and wanting and wanting more. Well, that's the definition of not being complacent, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, this team's always going to be kind of, trying to shift that. And I think like you said earlier, I think that's a testament to him being in the AHL and working so much in the AHL and trying to help develop players and things like that. Um, I think that's kind of where it came from. He doesn't need to get the veterans to buy in. They buy in. You know why? Because they know, especially your core group of Chara, Bergie, Marshy, Krejci, Tuka, they've all been there. They've been to the Stanley Cup final. They've 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 won the Stanley Cup, right? They want to get back there, but they know that it's not 
nobody can be a passenger here. Everybody's got to be working on this and an active participant. And there are consequences when there, when there aren't. And the biggest consequence was that they, they didn't get to game six in the series and they went home. Yeah, I mean, I like that, that Bruce is constantly thinking about it. His job is not in jeopardy and it shouldn't be. I feel like he's got the, the backing of the front office to do what he needs to do. And he's a good coach. And this this season was so fun. I, I I think that's I think that's kind of what it is too. He, his job's not in jeopardy, but he coaches like it. Claude, his job was clearly in in jeopardy, and he was just like, "I'm just going to dig in." And you know? he'd grind his goalie into dust. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, like, I love Claude, or I did before he became a Habs coach again. You know, I'll always have a fond remembrance of his uh, Stanley Cup Finals. You know, getting there a couple times, but uh, you know, I can't say that I'm sad he's gone. That's all. No, and I, I mean, I was. I I remember I was really mad that he was fired, and uh, I wasn't sure that Cassidy was really gonna be the guy for Boston. But man, I'm glad that he's absolutely taken hold of this team and really left his mark on the team now and going forward. Yep. I think that we were all a mixture of angry and sad and confused about the timing and stuff like that. But over time, you know, you get over it, right? That's the beauty of it. All right, let's talk about Don Sweeney because he had a he had a couple of things to say. We had a disappointing finish. We had set the bar for ourselves. We just didn't find a way to elevate when we needed to the most. And then dot 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 steep learning curve for some guys. Dot 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 need to be prepared for the next challenge. Okay. So he's basically going with, uh, with Bruce saying like, okay, well, guys have had experience. We got to do more to get back there. But this is what Don Sweeney, the more important and interesting thing is what he said about free agents on free agents. Haven't definitely ruled anybody out. We'd like to bring everyone back, but it's not realistic in this cap environment. We know that Riley and Rick Nash are UFAs and there are more that Jeff, I'm sure can tell you about Schaller, Wingles, Gianta, Dobby, Dobby. Yeah. I don't think that it's necessarily, it's probably nothing that we can get into right now extensively, but do you see anybody in that group that you, you think will be back next year? I, I don't think so, but, um, I've read a lot, a couple people say that they think that Dobby will be back. They think that, that something that he will be that they will be able to get a deal done that Dobby wants to say stay that they want to keep him and um, he'll be backing up brass next year so if that happens great but out of the restricted or unrestricted free agents Dobby's the only one that I see possibly really staying if that's the case at this point um, uh, I, I expect them to keep the restricted guys but not them. I think the the, the tide swell is moving seems to be almost across the board in most of media for resigning Dobby. Nobody seems to have any faith whatsoever in Zane. Yep. That seems a little harsh to me, but I I see where they're coming from. I'm just like, okay, well, Zane's got to be waiver eligible, but I guess it's what it is. Yeah, I I think that basically if you think that Dobby's going to be back, then you uh, have prepared for the fact that they're either going to trade Zane 
or to get him down to Providence, you're, you're going to hope that he survives the, the waiver. And maybe that's the thing. If they don't think he can be their backup, maybe they think he won't clear. They, they don't believe he'll have a problem clearing. I mean, that's almost certainly what they thought about Subban. They didn't wave him because they were trying to get him up. They waved him because they didn't ha- see any reason for him not for. They saw no reason for him to to not clear. And to be fair, Subban had at no point showed a reason why he should why he wouldn't clear. Exactly, but they did wait very late. Like they yeah. basically were at the like you know within a couple of days of the season starting, and they they had to make a decision. Uh, they kept him up as long as they possibly could. Is what I'm saying. So they they had an inkling, but they but you know remember when we talked about that earlier in the season, there was no trade market for him because people knew he'd have to clear waivers. Exactly. And again, people, and people will claim a player that they wouldn't that they wouldn't trade for because they didn't have to give anything up. Exactly. So that's the same issue with Zane. I'm not saying anybody's wrong in saying sign Dobby. Dobby's been great. He's been fine. Perfectly comfortable with Dobby. I'm just saying that if if that's the case, then I I don't know if Zane will clear waivers, and maybe that's a good thing, or maybe it's not. I'm going to say it's not going to be a good thing because people are going to bitch about it. I'll be sad because it'll be another goalie that I really liked gone. But maybe maybe they have more maybe they have more hope in Vladash down the road than they do Zane. Who knows? You see, it's a tricky one, right? I mean, keep in mind, Zane is the UFA after next season, not, not an RFA. Yeah, um, that's right, because he's a little older and he played well into college. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's, he's 25 now. Oh, shit, no, he is an RFA. Oh, no. Sorry, I backtrack. He'll still be 26, so he'll be he'll be an RFA at the end of next season. Okay. But um, he will also, but unless, he play, unless he's our backup, and plays enough games to get to I think twenty games played to, to, play, played uh, cumulatively for goalies. For um, uh, he'll he'll be uh, group six, so he'll be U- so he could be UFA at the end of next season. Interesting. Unless he plays twelve or more games with the Bruins. Hmm. And that's plays doesn't play backup. He has to actually be in between the, between the pipes. Right. That's why we lost a steady because he didn't start twenty games. Ah. Poor Spetty. Um, getting back to who I think could be back, I could see bringing Schaller back, but it'd have to be at the right price, and he's probably the the guy that you'd probably get at a better price than, say, Riley Nash, who I'd love to see back, but I know he's just going to be so expensive. And it's worth it. And, you know, I just want to say that if Riley Nash does move on to another team, no hard feelings. Man, you had a great year. You enjoy he came it. Here, he came here as a mercenary, right? So I have no problem with someone who came here as a mercenary leaving as a mercenary. Well, I kind of looked at it like he was a journeyman. But, okay, mercenary, sure. He came here <laughs> as a journeyman. He's leaving as a mercenary. It's fine. You've got to make all the money you can. Exactly. So You only can play yeah. for so long, and he's, you know, and he's been a consistent low earner. So, like, if, you, if, if he has a chance to grab a... Multi-year, two and a half million. Get on that, Riley. Get on that. <laughs> right. Do it. I'm not going to have hard feelings about uh, players that that left here because they wanted to make more money somewhere or something or whatever. That's fine. What do you What do you think, Jeff? Who do you think could be back if anybody of that group? Or are you going to just say nah? I I I have a 
I feel pretty strongly that Schaller is like a really good shot. The real question is, like, I could see him being the sort of guy that says, like, well, you know what? I'm gonna, I, I want to wait until until July first, see what comes back, and then maybe I'll circle around again. Mm-hmm. And I could see the D team being on board with that. It's like, it's like this is the deal that's on the table, buddy. We want you back. We can't justify paying you more. Go forth, go forth, and see if you find something better, or come to, or, or come see us again. It's not going down. That's the sort of thing I would tell him. Yeah. I don't know what I would offer him. I don't want, I wouldn't want to give him term. And there's the thing, right? I don't even think I would offer him two years. I think I would, you know, I'd say maybe offer him a million two for a year, which isn't going to get it done. Probably not. But again, I just really want to avoid a Campbell or Pie contract here. Right. And another reason why I don't think Schaller comes back is I think they'll keep Corrale. And I think keeping him. Well, I mean, there's enough money, like cap space to, to, to re-sign him. To Schaller, as long as he's reasonable. The thing with Schaller, you want to avoid his term, really. Right. I, I'd say everybody on the fourth line gets like two year deals tops, you know? Yeah, exactly. So now there is another guy who happens to be a UFA who makes a more interesting situation. Oh. Austin Zarnick. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. I've seen some some people in the in media pulling, pulling for the possibility of, like, you know what, find a way to keep him. Um, it doesn't take, that shouldn't take much. Like if you offer him say, you know, give him what, Oh, Florida gave March so when they first signed him. Remember he was a cast off from Tampa. He was a, he was a group. He was a, he left Tampa as either. I don't remember. He didn't get a QR. He was a group six because he never made, made it with the big club and Florida signed him for two years at seven, at 750,000 a year. The big thing about why they pulled that off is because they were taking a flyer on him and gave him a one way contract. Oh, What's there's no harm in giving an offering Austin Zarnick say two years, seven hundred fifty thousand one way. Yep. Because you know what then? Okay, he doesn't cut it. You can bury that money because it's way it's way under the, the limit for what you can bury. Right. Someone claims someone has to go through waivers. Okay, someone claims them. Good for them. If it works out, you have a great deal for two years. Right. Hmm. Like obviously, I'm not saying that Austin Zarnick is Jonathan Marchessault because he's not. He is emphatically not. Yeah, he's still an unknown quantity, though. But like, there's no, but, but there's no harm in trying that, right? If you think he's, if he, he looks like with the scoring, he's as ready as that. We know we need a third. We we know we're in a situation where we, you know, might need someone that can play, maybe play three C, you know, or you know what? Here's the thing about Sark though. He's also not a prospect, which means that's the great deal to have someone as your thirteenth forward too. Mm. Like I, I'm actually like I've really convinced myself. It's like yeah. Do this. Throw this kind of money. Yeah, it's weird to give term to someone that hasn't even made it to the NHL yet, but I think here it makes sense if you do it right. All right. In terms of other UFAs, um, Tommy Cross will probably be re-signed again to be captain of Boston. Chris Breen apparently is on forever. Is around forever. So you know, okay, we'll see what happens there. And then Paul Postma. Well, you know. See ya. Yeah. Uh, don't ring twice, buddy. Um, Put him out with the post. Yeah, so I, I'm going to suspect that this team is going to remain pretty young and have some inexperience and learning on the fly next season. We'll still have our, our vets. Yeah, I, I don't expect I don't expect an extremely active free agent period with Boston in terms of trying to get new guys to come in, just because I expect them to fill a lot of holes with uh, guys that are already in Providence and stuff like that. Speaking of, of active, Fluto wrote something interesting a few days ago. Okay. 
when talking about the problems that the second pairing had through this series, he focused way awful lot on Krug, which is uh, kind of unfair, right? The Krug-Miller pairing, pairing just simply didn't click, right? No, much like the Krug-Carlo one didn't. But Carlo would have been exactly the player that would have fixed that would have fixed the way that line got devoured. Yes. Yeah. Um, because it was basically Krug would pinch, and he and Miller didn't have a didn't have the chemistry necessary for Miller to be well positioned to clean him out, and Miller didn't have doesn't have the foot speed to cover up for a uh, stretch pass against the pinch. Mm. Carlo does have that have that foot speed and has more chemistry with Krug than, than Kevin Miller does. I know. So. Anyway, so in response to this, Fluto was one of the many that talked about that the Bruins need to do something better on the left side D, soften some of Chara's minutes, right? And so something Fluto suggested that sort of bugs me, and, and, and not for the reasons necessarily that me as a crude fanboy would, be, that would normally be bugged by it. He suggested, like, well, maybe they look at, you know, he's got good term and contract, someone who needs a puck, who needs someone to actually make their, quarter, their power play work will want him. And he suggested, it's like, how about, you know, it's like, what about, I mean, we, it's like, we know that Chiarelli's probably shopping uh, Clefbaum. Hmm. Do you consider that? Now, you know what, Karu for Clefbaum? I think I do. I think I do that. And I love Tori Krug. Adore him. But Clefbaum is a more complete defenseman and is younger and is bigger. So, you know, he's going to have some of the, he covers up some of the things that are problems with, with, with Tori Krug. Yeah. Again, I don't necessarily. I don't know if I love it because, again, I love Tory Krug, but I'm not opposed to it. Now, where, 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 where now, where what Fluto was saying falls completely apart is that he's like, oh, it's like it's like because of, of Clefbaum's potential, Sweeney would probably have to be giving Krug plus. I'm like, no, he wouldn't. Krug coming off a career year and Clefbaum's had had a disaster of a season. If anything, Chiarelli's going to have to throw something in. What? Especially, also, you're trading with Chiarelli. Yeah, but is he going to be that... sending the old? So, 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 of course you don't need to throw something in. <laughs> Do you, yeah, he did a straight up Adam Larson for Taylor Hall thing, right? Is that his name? And Eberle know. for Ryan Strom. You don't need oh, to throw something in when you're dealing when you're, when you're dealing with Chiarelli. Oh my god! Like that, you you can you should be able to pull that trade off one for one, or even you know Krug plus a prospect for Clefbaum and for Clefbaum and the end the tenth overall. Which apparently Chiarelli is considering trading for defensive help. Just saying, and you know, and Sweeney's um, trying Sweeney, to get up in the first round again. Yeah, problem is you can't just trade it. Like Krug would get you the tenth, but that that doesn't do us any good. You would need like again Krug plus something for yeah. Some, something has I'm to come back. Way. Yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, so anyway. And we'll see what develops there. I don't. I don't necessarily agree with the idea of trading Krug as like the Clefbaum's the sort of player that I'd be like, okay, um, you know, we find a way maybe, and we'll think about this depending on what the terms of, of such a trade would look like. I have heard a lot about um, Krug being thrown around as uh, in the trade debate on Twitter, on the radio, all that stuff this week, and I've decided that I haven't. I, I don't have enough. Um, I, I haven't spent enough time to actually analyze that, so I'm not weighing in on that right now. Uh, basically, I want to let things cool down a little bit this week, and surprise, we're recording again. Um, so, But I, I, I'd rather think about it a little bit more. Would Shirelli actually be a trade partner with Don Shirelli? <sighs> yeah, but think about 
Remember, she is the one that, that that was you know that that was that was driving the bus when the team scouted Krug and and wooed him, got him to come to, to come to Boston, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, what about Adam McQuaid? Can we throw him in there too? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, like it's, you got it's, an it's, instant it's, pairing it's... right there. And we know they, that that pairing has more more chemistry than than than, 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 Krug, than Krug Miller. Although it's unfortunate because you know McQuaid is. Through no fault of his own, simply just Adam McQuaid. Look, this is nothing against Adam McQuaid. Yeah, that contract's not that great, and he was the odd guy out, but due to all the injuries, he was back in. One of which was his injury, but then he came back. Anyway, my point is this. He's a good soldier. He did what he needed to do. I have nothing against him, and I was glad he was there when he was playing. He made some boneheaded things, but we all do that. Point is is that if Adam McQuaid gets traded to Edmonton, it means I got a prediction right. <laughs> it would be nice to be on the uh, the good end of a Chiarelli tra- trade for once. Well, so we'll I mean, say I mean, that. to be fair, we've been on the good, good end of Chiarelli trades in the past if you go back a ways, right? I mean, yeah, but that doesn't fit this narrative that I'm you know, but you know, to. the purchase of Recky, the purchase, the the, the, the per- buying, bringing in Seidenberg, who incidentally came with Barton for all of this works, you know, did do things for Boston, and not all of them were bad, and you know, or or the trade for trade for Horton and Campbell, you know, Chiarelli did a lot of good trade trades where things came good, and then he won the cup and never did it again. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna think on this Tory Krug thing for a little bit. That's what I'm gonna do. And I would throw in Adam McQuaid because, you know what? He eventually is going to be phased out. We know that. And have him go to a good home and and have my prediction be right. And I just feel awful, all sorts of awful right now. So Do we bring in a third team to make it work? <laughs> Shock the world. We'll have another show where we can talk about this stuff. So, But I just was wondering what our initial thoughts are as it is i think oh yeah one last thing i wanted to mention is that uh you know in our list of injuries one that didn't come up was charlie mcavoy who we thought might have something turns out he doesn't he's playing in the worlds right now well you know he did get better as the course of the playoff of course the playoffs there Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was mostly just getting back into game shape. Yep, yep. It just took a little longer, I think, to do it than we wanted it to. And we wanted him to come back sooner and all sorts of stuff. But that's okay. And- also, also, Krejci was not on that list, which is scary. That's something I was thinking about. It's like, in general, the players that weren't on the injury list is kind of upsetting. Yeah, he was not dealing with anything. So now we have to figure out what the fuck was going on with him. But like, like, like Krejci wasn't. Rick Nash wasn't. Tim Schaller wasn't. Danton Heinen wasn't. A lot of the players that had awful, awful playoffs. I mean, I shouldn't say that. David Krejci did still have 10 points in 12 games. So but, David Krejci like, had a very complicated playoffs is probably the way to put it. <laughs> he didn't show up in the way that we thought he would do consistently. I think that's... Again, I, I just don't know what to think of his playoffs. I'm so confused. I still uh, am. God, there's been a lot of talk about Krejci this week, too. And I also don't want to get into that because I think it, it re- involves a little more thought 
I'm I'm disappointed that he's lighting it up in the worlds. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna bring out the hot takes even more because his first game in the worlds and he lit it up. He and Pasta both did. Yeah, so just gonna put it up there. I saw Ty suggesting after the game today. It's like you know what? People are already kind of caging for maybe dispersing the, the first line. Pasta with Krejci and DeBrusque that could have a lot of fun there. Dispersing the fu- the the first line. What do you mean? Spreading the scoring out, trying to beef up the performance on other lines. Uh, uh, yeah, okay. And basically, that doesn't I mean, mean breaking up Brad and Patrice, but like moving Pasta and then putting someone else into that right into that right wing spot. Redistributing, but we, uh, it has to be the right person, and I just love Pasta there, you know? I adore Pasta there, but like I, I do believe that probably Bjork could uh, do good things there. Yes, I would remember love during, Remember during the preseason, there. that looked like a, a promising trio. And then it could be the 110% line again. <laughs> yes and then and then pasta and david and debrus can be two checks and a baby because debrus <laughs> is still young <laughs> i don't know we, we'll figure that out that's that's for another time we have to figure that out on a related note there actually too um one of the things sweeney said was he said straight up guaranteed that Bjork, Bjork and Heinen, Bjork and Donato would be on the team in the fall? Did he? I thought that... no. He said the opposite. No, a lot of people parsed it and sounded like, and, and most almost everyone I've read's interpretation was that Donato would be, even though it wasn't said explicitly. So I know it's KPD, but he, but he said yeah. <laughs> that Donato Bjork not guaranteed roster spots with team. Really? Said when Sweeney. I was reading Kalman, it sounded like he said the exact opposite. I, you know what? There, there is footage. We're just gonna have to watch it and have a, an, a, and and figure it out, I guess. Because I didn't watch the whole press conference. I didn't really have time to do it. But uh, we'll figure that out. We can always Twitter addendum it. I mean, I would love to have pure back on that first line. I love Bjork. I think he's going to end up being really good. It's too bad that he got injured this year, but I think he's going to end up being fantastic. He was never uh, right after Matt Martin collided yeah, with he, him. Yeah, he, he didn't... Uh, he wasn't He wasn't okay when he came back from that concussion. No. Who really is? Rick Nash. You could say Rick Nash disappeared in the playoffs because he had that concussion. But he, he also may have just done it because he's Rick Nash. Well, okay. Yes, thank you. First of all, he he missed 12 games in the regular season to, due to that concussion. I just want to just state that. I don't know what his concussion history is. But I remember around the time of the trade deadline, I said my concern was that Rick Nash just didn't show up in the playoffs. If you looked at stats and stuff, he's just not there. And there were times where we had glimpses, but... And, and, you know, he he knows the 200-foot game. He knows it both ways. But it's like he's not on the scoring sheet. And in the playoffs, that's very important. And that's an interesting thing because everyone, like people that watched him in, in New York and stuff, is like, yeah, he, he, he's there. He's trying. He's doing his damnedest. Looks like he should be scoring and simply doesn't do it. Which is a strange phenomenon because, like, you'd think that, like, I can't fathom how a player who, who looks like they're doing all the right things as much as Nash usually did mm-hmm. doesn't break through. He's been doing this for like fifteen years too. Well, not that long. He was in Columbus for a lot of for, for a lot of that, and never and went to the playoffs once with them. No, no, but, but yes. I'm just saying, like he's been in the league. For, oh, oh. He only went to the playoffs once ever before he got traded to the Rangers. Oh, so yeah. And it was four, and it was a four game sweep. Man, so he can't shake that that culture of losing thing. 
No. You know what? Old Old Columbus is, sounds like one of the most toxic things imaginable besides, you know, Atlanta. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Like pre-Jar- like pre-Jarmo Columbus just sounds so awful. But still, Nash has to work on that, especially if he wants to get another contract, which he does. He wants to be a free agent, and he's talked about staying with Boston, but I don't think Boston's going to afford that. Also, um, going back to Bjork, uh, they did talk to him about his injury. He said he should be ready within a couple weeks to start his uh, off-season training, so he should be set to go for training camp. Yeah, I mean, they basically said, like, May or June he'd be back, so... Or he'd not be back, be able to start training again. They said he was out for the season, so... Yeah. Well, we'll see what's going to happen in a little while. So I wanted to take a minute to just say this and be a little more candid. I gotta tell you, I'm having a hard time not dealing with the Bruins' loss. I'm having a hard time dealing with not having weekly podcast episodes right now (laughs) this is a a very unusual uh circumstance for me basically by the time we get to the end of each season like you know after the hockey season has ended i am so tired burnt out frustrated wondering if i want to keep doing this anymore and i don't i don't think i've actually said that to anybody but i i felt it And this season, I don't feel that way. I just want to keep going. So that's the thing that's frustrating me about the Bruins, is that we have to stop doing that in this respect. Well, I mean, yeah, I I kind of agree. But for me, I think it's because they kind of, uh, they got us believing. They were fun. The season didn't seem like a grind because it was so fun. A lot of different things like that. I just think that, because of that, this this team, it's upsetting that they lost and it's frustrating and you just kind of want to get right back into it because you're excited about the future of what this team can do um, or potentially do. For me, that's why I feel that way. Is I'm just like, I, I'm so bummed that we don't have it anymore because of that. Mm. Yeah. it's It's been a fun season. It has. And I'm going to miss talking to you knuckleheads every week. <laughs> we could do it every week, but I think that you would, we quite frankly would kill each other trying to find things to talk about. I was going to say, we would run out of things to talk about quickly, but I mean, yeah, I'm going to, I'm disappointed that it's, we don't have it from week to week anymore because. All of this has been so much fun. All doing in general, this podcast has been so much more than I expected it to be, and yeah, it's it, it's been it's been a bright light. That's for sure. Yeah, I yeah, it's it's been it's been really fun to work our way from where we started. We've had no general plan. We just kind of have like winged it, and then. We've kind of honed it down every year, and now I think we've got it to generally to a point where I like it, and I've got to just figure out some format issues, you know, because right now I'm thinking, you know, what can I do to make the show better? I wasn't lying. I was like, what can I do to make it better? What can I personally do to make it better? I know what my strengths are. I know what my weaknesses are. How can I still work on those things and still be me and do that 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, that's, that's how I feel for myself as well. I want to come in next season being better than ever. Oh, we have plenty of time to train. <laughs> no time. No, no time to take a breather before going to the off-season regimen, there, Tim. <laughs> I I will be in peak form. We've got a lot of Instagram posts to talk about. <laughs> ah, so yeah, so I'm I'm having a hard time with it. It's it's rare that I feel like this. It's um or in the last two seasons because I've. I've been very burnt out, and the summer of 2016 was especially unkind to me. I'm not feeling that way anymore. I'm feeling like I'm trying to find a way to improve things. I want to keep on going. And and we will. We're just going to slow it down a little bit. And this time, I promise it's going to be that way. So we will take a couple of weeks off. It turns out that uh, people are getting a little busy uh, as the warmer weather is happening and other things are happening. So we'll take a couple of weeks. And then we'll be right back at it. Yeah. I'm sorry, Jeff. Did I make you too emotional? A little bit. Oh, it's I'm okay. so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That wasn't... I feel like sometimes I I don't know how much I should kind of let people into the inner workings of my mind. Because sometimes they are very much like the, like the screams of a 10-year-old and basically just feeling futile and stuff. And I'm not feeling that way. I'm just, I'm sad. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to make it better. But I still need to figure out how to do that. And I think what what it means is that there are a lot of things um, that I can, I can I can work on to make the show a little bit better. Uh, remember when I used to try to do bumps and crazy little intro things and whatever? I could work on that stuff again. Um, I, I felt like they were a little clumsy, so when I lost them uh, in one of the great computer damage things, I wasn't too sad that they were gone, but I would just... I think there there are things that I might want to do to, like, uh, you know, um, like some podcasts that I listen to, they have very definite segments where it's kind of like, you know, we can have our tinfoil hockey helmet or our hot take fire fire kind of thing you know we can do all that stuff and figure out how it goes from week to week um yeah so i'm sorry i didn't mean to make you really emotional i guess you're glad your camera's not on (laughs) (laughs) i'm the one who's supposed to be emotional i think the bruins just had a really good year despite what you might have heard and all of the shenanigans at the end of the year and all of that. And it, it made me want more and I hope it made everybody else want more. I think so. It definitely did. I regret the sheer number of games that I chose for no particular reason not to watch this year, especially after having watched the playoffs and like I missed out on a lot of good hockey this year. And that was my, that was my mistake. I went on a hockey vacation and watched the Bruins lose two games on the road and they didn't lose just like, you know, oh, it was like one goal. It was like, no, they got beaten. That game against Colorado, they were in it for a little bit. And then it's like they just weren't there anymore. And that game against, oh, God, against Vegas, it was just oh, brutal. It was brutal. You know what? I don't regret that. I have, I can learn how to be a better fan on the road. I'm wondering if I should be a Bruins fan on the road. <laughs> but you know we'll see 
All right. So you want to tell people where they can find us? Thank you, listeners, by the way. Yes. Thank you, listeners. You've been listening to Barely On Topic. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, and wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you like us, rate us five stars. Shout us from the rooftops. Hire Etsy to make to make graffiti advertising Barely On Topic. We'd appreciate it all. But, you know, at least just tell your friends. Um, if you wish to talk to us, well, you can uh, reach us uh, at Barely On Topic on Twitter or at Barely On Topic Podcast on Facebook. And, of course, you can always, you know, reach out to us on our individual Twitter accounts. I am, of course, uh, at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I'm at, I can't believe both of my boys were injured this year at VA from RI. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Timmy. Adam McQueen.